Welcome to Confessions of a Free Bird podcast. I'm your host, Lori James, a mother, divorcee, recovering caregiver, the author of Sandwiched, a memoir of holding on and letting go, a therapy junkie, relationship coach, somatic healer, and now podcaster. I'm a free spirit and here to lift you up. On this podcast, I'll share soulful confessions and empowering conversations with influential experts so you can learn to spread your wings and make the most of your second half. So pop in those earbuds, turn up the volume, and let's get inspired because my mission is to help you create your most joyful, purpose-driven life, one confession at a time. Hey there, Freebirds. Today I'm coming to you with a solo episode, and I have to confess, I'm sun-kissed and refreshed and have had some resistance to getting back to my old routine. You could even say that I have a bit of a vacation hangover because I just returned from a vacation a little over a week ago to a place that had been on my bucket list for years. My boyfriend Jeff and I went to Tahiti and we visited several of the Society Islands. It's probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. In fact, someone I spoke to recently said, it's as if God came down and blessed this beautiful place in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Words do not describe its beauty. The coral reefs that surrounded many of the islands was Mother Nature's way of protecting them. The clear blue and turquoise waters, the coral reefs, so refreshing. And just talking about it takes me back. It's almost as if I can smell the ocean air again. I've wanted to go to the Tahitian Islands for over 10 years, probably even close to 20. But I waited because I wanted to experience it with someone special. And that patience paid off. I went with my boyfriend of two years, Jeff, and we celebrated our second anniversary, which, you know, for those of us in midlife, doesn't seem like a long time, but I have to say the last two years have flown by. We traveled by boat, a 62-foot catamaran, to four different islands over seven days. The boat was supposed to hold 12 guests, and then it had a captain and a crew, which was a lovely couple, a husband and wife, but only five of us signed up. It was another couple and one other woman from Europe. So it was like we had a semi-private excursion, which I felt so lucky to have. Before we dig into today's episode on my recent trip, the benefits of being in nature, what I get out of adventure and nature travel, what vacation guilt is and how it crept in on me, and most importantly, what I did to overcome it. I want to give you a little backstory of me and why I chose to visit these islands by boat versus staying in a hotel or resort. We chose to island hop via boat versus a resort because, one, I love the road less traveled. 
and ocean is definitely less traveled. But more importantly, I was raised sailing. My parents bought their first sailboat when I was six months old. So being on a boat is second nature to me. My parents first bought a 14-foot sailboat, then later moved up to a Columbia 24. So these were small boats, but I've seen pictures of me in my little baby carrier in the cockpit sleeping away. And that's what sailing does for me. It really calms me down. So when I was a kid, my parents were fairly adventurous. We'd sail on our small boat, three kids in tow to Catalina for a long weekend with friends. Or one time we even sailed up to the Channel Islands, which is the Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz Islands, with a few other friends who also had boats. We also did a fair amount of camping in the Sierras with family friends. My mom even became much more adventurous as she got older. She hiked Mount Whitney with a group of women when she was 55. She'd go to the Caribbean, rent a sailboat with friends, and sail all around the British Virgin Islands without my dad because by that time, they weren't getting along that great, and he'd just sit around and complain anyways. And Jeff, my boyfriend, also grew up sailing and loves to sail, so it just seemed like a great way to explore the Society Islands from a different vantage point. So as you can see, I'm no stranger to sailing or the outdoors, but interestingly enough, while I was raising my four daughters, I lost my connection to nature. It wasn't really until I was sandwiched between raising my four daughters, caring for my elderly parents, and realizing my marriage was in jeopardy that I intuitively returned to the outdoors for solace, rejuvenating myself, and a whole lot of soul searching during that time. I definitely felt that pull when my girls were in middle and high school, but I have to give my oldest daughter credit. It wasn't really until she decided when she was a senior in high school that she wanted a goal to achieve and had decided on hiking Mount Whitney. So she and I, a couple other moms, and one of her best friends decided to train and hike Mount Whitney. And that was a pivotal point for me and my reconnection to nature and the benefits that I felt firsthand. But since then, I have read several articles and listened to many podcasts that have reinforced what I was already feeling and thinking and intuitively knew, but I forgot during that really busy time and I think we often forget the importance of reconnecting to nature because we're so consumed with work, school, kids, family responsibilities, technology, and screen time. I also love small group adventure travel. I'm fascinated by other cultures, how people live in other parts of the world, and I love observing what makes other people happy when I travel. And 
you're not on the touristy tours and you really have an opportunity to see how people really live. It's such a great reminder the uniting force that community and connection have. And we all seek it. And that we're all more alike than we are different. Another thing that I love about small group travel is it reminds me it's not the material things that make us happy. When you go into one of these communities and just see how simple they live, it really just reminds me what's important in life. A quick story. There was one night we were at this dinner and there was this band that was playing, playing traditional Tahitian music. And there was a little ceremonial dance. But before that happened, there was this little three-year-old girl and, you know, might've been her older sister or cousin who was just dancing freely to the music. Another quick story is we stopped at this little Tahitian vanilla farm. And there was a guy that was sitting outside of this store. He had a prosthetic leg. And one of the women in our group was admiring and noticing the mangoes that were hanging down from the public tree over the street. And he was kind enough to get up get his little tree mango picker and pick us some mangoes. He didn't have to do that for us, but it was just that moment of kindness that I observed and was able to take in. On another day, we had a small tour and our lovely local guide who not only spoke many languages and multiple dialects of the native language, she shared with us her multi-generational family history. And it was just really beautiful to see how deeply rooted and connected their community was in their old traditions and their faith. I also love meeting new people on these trips and exploring our shared interests. You know, we had three other people that we were traveling with on this boat. And it's really an opportunity to really get to know someone on a deeper level fairly quickly. And to me, these experiences are so much more valuable and have enriched my life so much more than material things. But interestingly enough, in spite of this incredibly beautiful vacation, there were two interesting things that happened on this trip for me that I wanted to bring up today. And I wasn't expecting these things to happen. The first thing is vacation guilt. And then the second thing is what to do with a day that when you have nothing planned. So first I'm going to touch on vacation guilt. 
because that really caught me by surprise on this trip. I have had it before when my mom was ill and there were times when I would be deciding whether I was going on a family trip up until like the night before because she was on hospice or she was having some type of medical issue. And that's a type of vacation guilt. But this was something different. And it happened twice. And once we stopped, we had motored into a new island, Huahini, and Jeff and I were sitting on the back of the boat, having a glass of wine, watching the sunset. And I said something like, do I really deserve this? Do I deserve being in this gorgeous place, experience this beautiful sunset? And he turned to me and said something along the lines of, you do so much for others for your parents that you cared for for 14 years, for your children, for your clients, for the volunteer work that you do. And he reminded me that I do deserve that trip, even if in that moment I didn't feel like it. So shout out to him for helping me overcome that in that moment. But It also crept up a couple of days later when I received word that someone that I knew back home had a sudden illness. And in that moment, it crept up even greater for me. And it wasn't easy to overcome. Vacation guilt can also show up because of work. It can show up because of those we love, or it can show up because of the story that we tell ourselves, which is our mindset. So if you ever have vacation guilt, or even if you have vacation guilt before your vacation, There's three things that I recommend that you do. First, acknowledge and name the guilt. That's the first step of moving through it. Sharing what you're experiencing with someone you trust who you know will respond in a loving way. And also having an inner dialogue with yourself. Give yourself permission to enjoy what you have worked really hard for, what I have worked really hard for. We don't give ourselves enough credit. I know sometimes that I don't. If it's work-related guilt, remind yourself of all the health benefits that taking a vacation or getting out in nature provides. I am no doctor, but I have done plenty of research. I am no doctor, but I know the benefits that I feel from a vacation. And there is a plethora of research and studies that show that a vacation is good for our 
mental, physical well-being. So based off of some of the research that I did for this podcast, the five health benefits of a vacation is it can improve your heart health taking regular vacations. It's been shown to lower blood pressure, it lower your blood sugar, excessive belly fat, your cholesterol levels. Number two, research has shown that vacations have overlapping effects the same as meditation. Number three, it reduces general overall stress. Anytime we go into nature, but this research report that I looked at and I've heard other people talk about is if we get 120 minutes a week in a natural environment, it is associated with good health and good well-being. Number four, it boosts brain power. Neuroscience has shown that we have aha moments when our brains are in a relaxed state of mind, which helps me understand why I always have my best thoughts in the shower. It also improves sleep. I know I slept so well on this trip, not only because of the boat rocking me and feeling secure and familiar from my childhood, but just checking out. If it's work-related vacation guilt, set healthy boundaries around how often you check on emails and when you check on whatever project you're working on. Change your mindset. Remind yourself that you do deserve this vacation and that you're actually doing your employer a favor by taking time out for yourself to recharge, rejuvenate. And lastly, let go of control of what's happening back at the office, especially if you're self-employed. Everybody will be okay. The second thing that I wanted to touch on today when it comes to my trip was how to get more comfortable with a day that you have nothing planned. Now, while we were on our boat, even though there were times when we were traveling from island to island or we would snorkel or go hang out on a beach for a day, we kind of always had an itinerary of when we were going to eat and what our plan was for the day. But on the back end, we ended up staying two nights in Morea and the weather wasn't great and we didn't plan anything. And that one, not having something planned, my friends know, is really hard for me because my friends call me Sarge in charge. So what I did on this day when we had nothing planned was three things. I leaned into it and I stayed curious with myself about why I was feeling this need to have something to do. 
Second, I tried to be flexible. The weather was a little funky. We had sun in the morning and then it got cloudy in the afternoon and then it rained. So Jeff and I played cards and we did a little workout in our room and then we jumped in and swam into the ocean, even though it wasn't sunny. And I just went with it. And third, be curious. It's okay to not have something planned every day, even though it's uncomfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where growth happens. Whether you're on vacation or not, and you're just hanging out with a friend and you're going hiking or you're exploring a new town or a new part of your town or a new restaurant even, try something new. As I'm still trying to hold on to my vacation high, I just wanted to leave you with five things to remember when planning your next vacation or before you go on your next vacation. The first is ask yourself, what does my soul need? Not what I want to see or do, but what do I need to reconnect with myself, rejuvenate, restore myself? How much nature do I want? And who do I want to share this with? Friends, family, boyfriends, spouses. Second, make sure you incorporate some downtime into your trip instead of it being go, 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 go. Even when it's hard. I'm a go, go person, but one thing I learned years ago When my kids were younger, I intentionally planned my trips with two components. One, the first half would be go, do, see, experience. And the second half was our downtime to rejuvenate, to spend time together, to reconnect. And second, I would often plan our family trips in a way that we were forced to disconnect with friends, mostly the kids, of course. So they had to disconnect from their friends. There was no internet. They only had Wi-Fi when we were in the hotels. And we didn't vacation often with other families because it was a way for us to reconnect with each other as a family unit. And That was one of the most valuable things, even though they didn't like it, I found. Because we would reconnect, we would play games together, we would talk about our day, and those are the memories that I remember the most from our family trips. Third, intentionally add some amount of time in nature as part of your trip. Again, studies and research proves that it's good for our minds, bodies, and souls. Fourth, explore the culture and see how others live. Notice what makes them happy. It's so interesting for to me to see 
how people in other parts of the world can live so simply yet so happy. And that's something that we struggle with here in the U.S. And fifth, ditch your vacation guilt. We all deserve whatever vacation we are taking. And remind yourself that it's one of the best things that you can do for your health is to hit the reset button. I'd love to hear if there's any other additional things that you'd love to add to this list. Feel free to email me or reach out about one of your favorite vacations. Thank you so much, Freebirds, for being with me. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions of a Freebird. I'm grateful to be in your ears and hearts. If you're interested in becoming a free bird, I'd love to support you. Please check out my website at laurieejames.com to learn how we can work together or to sign up for my newsletter so you can receive tips on how to date and relationship differently and ultimately find more freedom and joy in your life. If you found this podcast helpful, please follow or subscribe, rate, and review and share it with friends so they can find more freedom in their second or third act also. Until next time.